0: Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Hello and welcome to Cruise Control. This is Africa Tech Radio. My name is Vicky, your host as usual. And you know, I've been talking that a lot has been said uh, and is happening when we look at the fourth industrial revolution and there's been like ranges of of emotions from fear to acceptance, enthusiasm and of course the zeal for more when we look at what the industrial revolution is all about and of course the technology that is penetrating our system right now. You definitely see that people are embracing technology and of course Africa is trying to catch up with what the other world is all about. And today with me on the show, I have the honor to speak with Professor of I R And of course, she's a strategist, economist and social activist. She's also a commissioner in the SA Presidency National Planning Commission, serving leadership roles that drive significant transformation. And of course, uh, the impact solution to economic development. Ladies and gentlemen, I have with me Professor Miriam Altma on the show. Hi, Professor Miriam. Hello. Hello. We're good. So it's being observed that the world is revolving and changing rapidly. I mean, if you look around us right now, a lot of things we used to do manually has changed, right? I mean, we can now connect. I'm so excited to be connecting with you. It's kind of seamless now, unlike how in the past this would have been uh, a little bit difficult to achieve. But right now, it's easy for us to connect anywhere in the world. And of course, we look at how... Um, Artificial intelligence and robotics. Even now, the metaverse is becoming uh, part of our social and economic life. So I'm thinking, how do we take advantage of this fourth industrial revolution uh, to be able to drive a long-term, inclusive, and sustainable economic uh, development on the continent?
1: Look at countries like uh, Vietnam. Uh, you know, many years ago, even as a low-income country, uh, just to take an example they made huge progress in connecting every household, getting the cost of broadband down, making sure that there was complete coverage. It's really a choice that gets made, mm-hmm. to make sure everybody's covered. It's not necessarily connected to a uh, level of income or development, and it is absolutely critical, particularly in Africa where we've got a, a big youth population, uh, to make sure that everybody's connected because it's gonna be, critical for the careers and the businesses of the future in ways that we don't even know yet
0: I mean uh, it's going to have a lot to uh, do with how we now relate even in governance I remember having a conversation with someone and saying how this has even come to change the way that We see governance in Africa. Looking at the blockchain system, I asked if it was possible where we now have a system that is transparent enough, just like the blockchain, and we can see what is happening just to reduce um, geopolitical manipulations and all of that stuff. And uh, I would like to know, does this blockchain system, is it applicable in governance in Africa? because uh, I was able to get a clear answer the last time I asked. So I'll bring the question again. Uh, the blockchain system, how can it help African continents when it comes to geopolitical um, system?
1: Well, blockchain for sure can be uh, beneficial, but um, let's not jump the gun, you know, like don't, let's not fetishize some of this jargon. The issue number one is that we need broadband mm-hmm. and we need it to be bring everybody We need information systems because you can't do uh, blockchain if you don't have information systems because effectively what blockchain does is it enables one to register uh, information like for example land registries Mm -hmm. as an example, something very basic like that. Um, So, you know, you need information systems, you need a certain um, capability within the state and within the private sector and, you know, intellectual capability and human capability to drive these systems, you need to have a uh, significant capacity to cooperate for blended finance across uh, public and private um, spheres of finance to come together around the financing of these systems. Um, you know, it's an all-in kind of thing, so we shouldn't fetishize things like blockchain. There's no doubt, you know, I, I hear about people saying, oh, we're setting up a blockchain fund in, you know, and they'll pick some, you know, Togo or something, and that's great, but You know the problem in ICT, um, and I've seen this for many years, is that you get somebody who has one singular idea and and are excited about one thing, but this thing is about systems. And so what happens is that countries lock into one part of maybe a vendor-led system Mm -hmm. and it it creates a kind of investment that is not very effective because it becomes like a white elephant. And what what governments in particular need to do is they need to become uh, well-versed and at least a minimum amount of capability to understand what is required in their context to give life to this amazing digital world and what it can do for you know services to prepare the population for the future and so forth.
0: I mean, uh, if you look, look at the blockchain system, we'll definitely could look at the data collection and how we can um have some system connecting with us that's why i asked the question amongst these things are the fear that we have because uh this fourth revolution has been ongoing i won't say it's new but the acceptance rate has been quite slow if you look at some african countries people are just uh, beginning to tap into this system so how do we tackle the fear that this is happening to us right now and how do we uh, benefits from all of this. Why do you think it's fear?
1: What's your why? Why do you use that word out of curiosity?
0: Um. So I would say fear in the sense that most African parents uh, from this side, Nigeria, would definitely be uh, contemplating around workforce how. They are being replaced at work, and how their children are being exposed to so many things that is beyond their control. So, that's the fear base. Um, More so, we see the enthusiasm, uh, it's kind of slow uh, to accepting what technology is bringing to them. So, we are kind of not as fast paced as the other world, is the reason why I would say fear. And how can we tackle this and make them understand that, okay, this is for your good, our good, and of course, this is what the future is. So I think this thing can
1: be kind of um, you know, intimidating. Okay. Uh, so one of the things that has to happen is we, we do have to get populations into the cloud. And one of the ways of doing that is actually through public services. Mm-hmm. Um, and realize uh, you know what the benefits could be Um, of course there are dangers related to children and related to just general personal information and this is where you know governments have to get better at um, regulation and um, and the management of privacy and the management of cybersecurity because what happens also is that in a poor country where uh, people are getting online there there can be a lot of abuse and and very poor management and one can underestimate what these dangers are but in the meantime um, you know the way of getting people online very often it can be that you like how I first got online was because I just had to I was required to by my workplace many many years ago mm-hmm. um, so you know if you have like in South Africa we have social grants if you require which we do actually that people get online to do it it forces people online and then they realize it's not such a big deal as it was for me when I started I thought it was a big thing and then you get online you go "Oh, this is easy mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's got you know over time it's much more user-friendly it's but you know again th- that issue of protection mm-hmm. and having maybe blocks on um, on the usage by children yeah. parents' involvement in uh, you know in it is is uh, is very critical and, and generally public education becomes very important for sure
0: I mean, speaking of education, um, all of this means there will be a reform in our education system and, of course, the availability of educational opportunities for Africans. Uh, What would it be that the government needs to do when it comes to improving the education system for Africans to be able to be more knowledgeable and, of course, be able to tap into the wealth of this uh, revolution?
1: Um. So there's no doubt that you that, that we need a, a curriculum overhaul, but in the mean, meantime yeah. there are you know having schools hooked up, having having online education which can even mean doing like a lot of people think it doesn't doesn't even necessarily mean that the whole curriculum's online but rather that um, that you know uh, kids are starting to do teamwork and some basic um, digital interface kind of uh, interaction that there's computer studies and um, at least some interface in the schools, that there's after school programs that kids are starting to get more access to things like coding even if even if just for um cognitive develop even if they're not going to go into coding it's very helpful in the uh studying math is But even if you're not going to become a mathematician studying math at school is very helpful for cognitive development um as as is coding and and so things like that that you're starting to build into the curriculum some of these things step by step and then of course teacher training is really critical Mm-hmm. And then being flexible the equipment, you know, what I find is that a lot of schooling systems are very focused on the hard equipment and actually there's so much you can do without it. Mm-hmm. If kids have, even without broadband, you can have programs on, on kids' phones and they can get involved in teamwork and doing digital problem solving. Um, there's, there's a lot you can do even in a low uh, resourced environment.
0: Absolutely uh, I remember at the start of the show I was talking about how now in Nigeria Over here We now have like so many events I, I think I saw about two billboards That are promoting like uh, Tech events And it's quite new over here Usually we have entertainment events We have uh, people doing art stuff maybe on their own and now it's a merge of art and technology and i could see like the acceptance is quite it's coming up in um over here in nigeria but now we're all talking about the africa tech festival and of course i made to know that you're going to be one of their keynote speaker what are the things we are to expect from this africa tech festival happening in cape town
1: Oh, well, you know, this is something that happens every year, and it's a great event. Uh, fortunately, we're back in person again this year, which is great. Um, and, you know, it's just a great place to convene and connect from across the continent and find out what everyone's doing. So I'm I'm involved in a whole bunch of sessions um, of with people from across the um, continent on, on a number of days, and, uh, and we'll be exploring lots of different, you know, from Niger to... Africa to uh, you know all all over the continent. It's it's wonderful, and one finds out innovations. You know, even in some of the low-income economies, there's some fantastic things um, and innovations happening. As I say, it's not. Some people think it's a developed country thing. There's loads you can do with this stuff, and um, and it's 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 perfect in an African environment where we have long distances. Uh, like like the Niger example, where they're starting to really pick up their digital agenda, where you've got huge distances between people and even in South Africa, and it really helps you with service delivery and creating more inclusion in a way that you wouldn't you know you wouldn't be able to do otherwise. And it's not a it's not high end, you know it's it's really
0: stuff that's in hand that we can do, and we must do. Absolutely, and um, I'm sure we'll definitely be doing more of this in Nigeria, and of course, uh, joining the rest of the world to uh, be part of this events and changes happening. But most importantly, we cannot talk about all of this without talking about the climate change situation that is affecting us. Um, How do we tackle the effect of this climate change uh, with technology? Okay, well, the first thing is, before you go off your last uh,
1: point, because you keep talking about Nigeria, of course, Nigeria is also the creator of many of the top tech innovations in Africa, just to say. So give give yourself... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. I mean, I was reading an article that says we have m- majority of the startups here in Nigeria that we're looking at the Africa... Uh, geography and we saw that nigeria has so many startups that have helped prefer solution and i must give that to us over here we are cur- we are always working and looking for ways to invent and to bring up innovative ideas that could help uh, make life easier uh, <laughs> so we give it up for nigerians for their efforts
1: yeah you've got some great entrepreneurs in uh, nigeria you know like people like Ia Abayaji, um mm-hmm wave and you know things like that um you've got some fantastic startups some fantastic tech funds Um, there's a lot going in nigeria i realize it's a big country and it may not feel like it reaches everybody but i would say nigeria really is a leading country in africa in relation to um tech startups so yeah like i said give give yourself a little bit of credit
0: (laughs) sure
1: (laughs) coming to climate change um there's a couple ways of thinking about this firstly the very digital transformation that we're talking about in itself is very climate orientated so for example um it requires like if you can have more services online it requires less travel mm-hmm. less school being used you know things like that that repair work sometimes can be done uh remotely that you know that a lot of these things can be done remotely and right there you could be um, saving on resource, fuel and petrol, and all that type of thing, just to say. You could be raising efficiency and service delivery through preemptive type of information um, systems that give early feedback where pipes are breaking down or, you know, that type of thing. So, uh, you know, it's fantastic from that. It can be the fantastic from that perspective. In terms of climate change per se, there's... Um, you know, some of the innovations that we're going to be talking about um, at, at AfricaCom in some of my sessions, actually, mm-hmm. are things like where countries are gathering, uh, they're going to be using drone technology and that type of thing, to be looking at des- the encroaching deserts, uh, water uh, issues, climate change, uh, you know, really monitoring the situation around agriculture, with uh, information systems and the use of drones is something that a number of countries are are looking at uh, doing to try to manage uh, the experience of climate change so that's that's the flip side that's more like the mitigation response kind of thing and the flip side is as i raised earlier is that some some elements of it actually are conducive to reducing uh, pressure on the climate of if course.
0: that makes sense. Yes, it does. So while we're looking at how these uh, potential innovations will be helping with the climate change, I will definitely like for us to talk about the opportunity for uh, growth in our economy. Because right now there, there's a change and the way people... I was talking about how we, we don't go to the bank. We can do financial transactions from just using our phones. I mean, the Internet of Things have made life very easy for everyone. Uh, and how all of this has come to add to our revenue. The GDP of the nation is going to be greatly impacted. So how do we leverage more on the opportunity of the fourth industrial revolution?
1: Well, as I was saying, the first thing to do is to make sure everybody's online. You know, in other words, that you've got the broadband, you're making use of your spectrum, you're you're building information systems step by step. You know what that means is like population registry, health systems, policing systems, etc. That you're building up human capital, you know, you're building up people capability to manage these systems, respond to them, to be taking up the jobs of the future, that you're bringing together blended finance from public and private sources to be financing all of this. You know, all of these are essentials. And then, you know, starting to attract uh, business. So, you know, like, for example, business process outsourcing types of jobs, getting people to access what's called, um, well, what I understand is like O-desking. Oh, it means that you, uh, you've you got people in communities who are doing everything from CVs to design online and getting getting opportunities uh, globally is a thing that you know a lot of Pakistanis do it, Indians, like all over the world, you, where you can just access these people anywhere who can do work for you. Um, these are fantastic opportunities. And then, of course, creating digital money. I was just referring to, um, to Flutterwave as an example, mm-hmm. but that's a uh, set of opportunities that have been emerging around the continent, to, you know, around mobile money. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot that can be enabled that that would solve real African problems.
0: I mean, while we're solving this uh, particular problem, there are other problems that I said that I must say or I should admit uh, has been in the news lately. There's uh, cybercrime, and of course, uh, more torchlight being on this part of the world, Nigeria. How do we limit the risk? And of course, um, all of this coming out of. The emerging tech, taking advantage of this uh, technology to limit the risk of cybercrime, so we can have greater prosperity and peace in the world. Huge, huge
1: question everywhere. I mean, very, very dangerous. Um, most, you know, governments have a very poor grip on it. Most, most governments around the world, and uh, and companies, of course, are scrambling to figure out what to do and. Uh, you know, major companies are getting, uh, around the world, are, are being penetrated, sometimes by just some random kid, so it's a huge, huge issue. Uh, the issue also of personal protection, um, and you know, I guess we're, you know, we're playing catch up now, uh, but it's a huge question, I wish I had more answers, but uh, it is certainly something that governments, uh, including African governments, should be very worried about. And people should be very
0: careful. Of course, uh, we we'll definitely be looking for more ways and solutions to reduce cybercrime and cyber attacks. Is the reason why I asked the question, because this has greatly affected so many lives, uh, talking about how their privacy is being interrupted, and of course how um, informations are being leaked without permission from the owners and all of that great stuff but we look forward to having a great africa tech festival this year uh one thing that i want you before you go maybe give us something like we can look forward to in this year's events
1: well i can only really speak to i guess what i'm involved in okay so on uh on the monday i think it's um the 7th of november i'll be moderating a session on on climate change and 4IR in in a leaders uh, Summit mm-hmm. on Tuesday uh, November 8 I'm giving a keynote and there um, What I was going to earlier is that I'm not on the Planning Commission But what I am doing for the presidency is that I'm leading the development of the National Infrastructure Plan in South Africa And I'll be speaking to the connection between uh, You know broadband infrastructure uh, growth and um and how we drive um how we drive digital capability in africa and i'll be speaking to many of the things i just raised uh now but obviously in more depth on another day and i just don't have it in my mind but i think it's the thursday I will be moderating um, a session on um, on co- what's called co-opetition, which is a funny thing in uh, co-opetition in rollout of broadband in Africa, and it's a funny thing in this industry because um, in telecommunications, you know, I used to be chief of strategy at Telecom, which is a which is a big telecommunications company in um, South Africa, and what you you know the interesting thing about this industry is you could be in court with. One company and with the same company you're doing a big deal around like a multi-billion dollar deal and you're also in court with them on a separate issue and and there's just it's a funny thing that your biggest competitors Mm -hmm. are also companies that you're cooperating with and that you're fighting with and it's it's very very funny so you know that's generally the theme um, that we're going to be covering what I think also is really interesting is that on the Tuesday night on um, I'll also be there on August 8th, on not August, of course, it's November.
0: November <laughs>
1: to buy more time this year.
0: <laughs> but,
1: um, so November 8th, there's going to be um, uh, uh, an event, uh, I think it's around 5pm, and it's going to focus on women in tech. Oh. And, uh, I'm just going to be uh, going there, but, you know, as a woman who, who's had a, you know, been on the executive of a telecommunications company, I can tell you, it, it, it's not easy. <laughs> and there aren't, and there aren't many women around, uh, whether in consulting or in executive management, anywhere in the world, not just in Africa. But you look at you look at uh, the boards and the um, executive management of any of the major telecommunications companies, ICT companies, and you will find very few women. It is not a friendly environment, I can tell you. And so I'm very passionate. We, we had a women's leadership program when I was at telecom. It's a huge issue of building women into strategic positions in the industry, I think. It's, it's an
0: extremely
1: male-dominated...
0: Um, I, I mean, I'd, I'd like I'd like to ask one very important question because over here, we also struggle with this same thing, having very few women in tech. And of course, their confidence level is not as great as that of men. So they usually uh, move away from some positions. So what would your advice be for women in tech that are looking at some high positions, but are not confident enough to go into those territory?
1: Well, the first thing is you have to show the confidence, (laughs) you know, uh, you know, you got to stand up for yourself and, um, and, you know, part of the problem, I do a lot of mentoring and, um, you know, part of the thing is that women don't get mentored and men do. And, and so, you know, firstly, women who are in leadership positions and men should be actively Uh, supporting women to be building that, because you have to realize how important that, you know, whether it's formal or informal, that mentoring is so important because people can learn the tricks of the trade of how how to cope in these environments. And then you've got to stand up for yourself. You know, and I don't mean aggressively. You've got to
0: be as wily as the guys are. <laughs> I mean, that's a bit of the audacity sometimes to just go and prove yourself. If you can do something, you should just go over and show that you're capable of uh, achieving good results as the men. That's what I usually say to uh, ladies I've been able to speak with. Uh, thank you so much for your time and being on the show with me. It's been a very lovely and very... Uh, great conversation i look forward to more great stuff from the africa tech festival this year and i'll be looking forward to your session especially for the women in tech i'll definitely keep my ears out for this particular conversation thank you very much for your time it's an honor to have you on the show thanks for having me take care that's it, guys. A lot, a lot, a lot for us to look into when we look at the fourth industrial revolution. I feel like if I leave this conversation to continue, we will definitely not put end to it because there are so many areas we could talk about. Looking at the Internet of Things, looking at broadband, looking at metaverse, looking at the robotics. There's a whole lot of emerging technologies around us. And, of course, Africa is looking to be one of the strong competitor when we look at the whole world and this is just the way to go so you can always believe us to bring you the best of information when it comes to uh, what is happening in the tech industry. Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com